to Wild Seed, the podcast, the show about turning life's obstacles into success. I'm your host, Danny Smith, and today we're talking to Amy Handy with Robot Mom Creations. Amy, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right, well, tell us a little bit about yourself. My name's Amy. I am a mother of five and a Washington transplant. I relocated to Renton, Washington at the end of 2019. And roughly around that same time um, is when I started my business, Robot Mom Creations. Where are you originally from? I am originally from Florida, but I spent most of my life in New Hampshire. Robot Mom Creations. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? So it's the small business I established to sell my art. Robot Mom is kind of like a personal joke for me in my head when I'm like in a state of flow, getting things done, I call that robot mode. (laughs) Um, And I'm a mom of five. And so it's kind of just a personal joke of me being a robot. So when you say mixed media, can you explain a little bit more about what that means? Sure. So anytime you're combining multiple types of mediums or um, art forms into one piece, you'd consider that mixed media. A lot of Mixed media features like aspects of collage or layering different materials using things in a non-traditional way. For me, most of my pieces involve resin, um, and so I'll do acrylic underpaintings and I'll sculpt out the shorelines of my seascapes with modeling paste and then do layers of sand and shells and resin. And so they're very much paintings, but also combining mixed media. And how did you get started in mixed media? Good question. So in 2018, I had my fifth child and I spent so many hours nursing, which equated out to me watching videos on my phone. Mm -hmm. It had been years since I did anything creative for myself. And I got to a point where the videos weren't enough. I needed to do something with my hands. Mm -hmm. I first started out with paint pouring, but it wasn't shiny enough. And I didn't feel like I had as much control over it. So that was when I started to dabble in resin, which has become my medium of choice. And I noticed you do a lot of seascapes, as you said. If you look on your website, like that is definitely That's very my vibe, epic. right? Yeah, my, exactly. my niche. What inspires that? So it's interesting because being originally from Florida and then living in New Hampshire, I was always close to the ocean. I've always felt connected. It's always been a place that has brought me like peace and calm. But I was very hesitant to create seascapes starting out because I didn't think I would get it right. So I didn't actually start making seascapes until a couple of years into my working with resin. And the first few pieces I made were so well received that I knew that like I had found my niche. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I think if I had tried earlier on, maybe I wouldn't have had the techniques that I had. I wouldn't have had those skills already. And so I think it was 
a good thing for me to like wait until I had had the knowledge that I did to start creating them. And it's evident when I see people view my art that I am succeeding in creating that sense of peace in the viewer, which is a really cool thing to see, particularly in like the market or art show setting where you have lots of people walking by you and you can just kind of see when their eye catches one of my seascapes mm-hmm. that like everything about them changes. It, it definitely has a calming effect, right. which I think in the society we live in is something that we can all use more of. At what moment would you say like you thought in your head, I can do this for a living? Like this isn't what I want to do. So it's funny that you say that because I feel like it was a long time in like before I felt like I was really like, this is it. I found my thing. But from an early age, I always wanted to be an artist. I remember before we moved to New Hampshire when I was a little kid coming up to visit my grandparents in New Hampshire, and there was the Whale Wall, which was a big mural done by the artist Wyland. I think that's how you say it. And that always fascinated me. And I always just wanted to be able to create public art, but I didn't know what that meant in... Adolescence, I kind of, while that was still always something I dreamed of, it didn't seem attainable to me. And so I kind of let that dream go for a lot of years. And it wasn't until my 30s after getting back into creating that it kind of set in that this was something attainable for me. And now here I am doing it. (laughs) A lot of people, maybe when they're younger, have a thought that they want to do something, but then they they talk themselves out of it. So for you to be able to return back to something that was like important to you as a child or something that inspired you as a child, I think that that's very impactful. So you're always artistic, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, definitely. Like always had like a desire to create, but by high school, despite the fact that I took like every art class I possibly could and (laughs) as little academic classes as required, um, I... I have poor fine motor skills, and so it drawing and painting have always been difficult for me, and so it, I didn't apply to art school. I didn't think that I was good enough to do it, and I definitely didn't think that I could be an artist without an art degree, so it was just something that I accepted was not in my cards. So how does Robot Mom uh, intertwine with you being a advocate for neurodivergency? Yes. Okay, cool. Good question. Okay, so I am a neurodivergent woman. I have um, ADHD. I'm autistic. I have dyslexia, dyscalculia, OCD, so many, so many things. Um, in addition to a connective dish- tissue disorder, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, and mast cell activation syndrome, um, which basically means my immune system is constantly attacking itself. So there are definitely times where I'm more or less functioning. And back to your question of the connection, I think that for me and for a lot of people who share my neurology, my brain is constantly just, there are so many layers of thoughts being, you know, ping-ponged around in my brain and when I sit down to create my brain goes quiet like Mm. that's the time when I can actually like process things and not just have that like rumination loop going constantly 
I try to be open about these things and I will vary at times post about struggles that I'm dealing with um, or share other people's, you know, little videos or whatnot. And I have found that by doing that, I've opened up some really meaningful conversations with other people because they see that I'm talking about something that they experience and they feel comfortable enough to approach me and ask me about it. So I think that just by being open about the struggles that I experience and then also being vocal about the things that help and the things that don't. Mm -hmm. It is very easy for neurodivergent people to get labeled as picky or difficult or so many things, awkward, you name it. But so much of the outward expression is a result of the way that our brains are processing information. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we are supported and also when we understand those aspects of ourselves, we are just so much more empowered in life. We can make choices about the things that we do, um, how we utilize our energy to live a fulfilling life and not just spend all of that mental energy just trying to exist in a way that we believe society wants us to. Through your advocacy and through your art, is that what you would hope that you could help other people understand? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important for us to like go beyond just like this acknowledging that this exists to like fully accepting people for who they are. And just so often in my life and I've seen in others, we are misunderstood and it's just, we're all human. We're all, I hate to say it, but in in this together. And I think that the more that we are aware of these things, Mm -hmm. the more we are able to connect and build a community that accepts us. as we are. When you were saying that, I was thinking about how impactful it could be to have multimedia art in the classroom for a lot of these these students that are also neurodivergent or have ADHD. I know like a lot of people that they really need to have their hands on something and to be to help again, like you said, calm the mind or to be able to focus a little better. And I feel like it goes beyond just the classroom because I think that it's something that we still need as adults. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely something that I have kind of made my mission is finding ways to make art accessible to all. Some of the ways that I've done this is partnering with like the King County Library System. Mm-hmm. I've taught classes at several branches and continue to work with um, different cities on bringing programs that allow people these opportunities to be creative, to try a new art form, and to do it in a non-judgmental, non... um, Like, there's no expectation. Yeah. Well, I can say from taking your class, when we made Christmas ornaments, I don't think in my mind I ever thought that I could do that myself. So, and then you're super patient. And again, we like literally walked in off the street and we're like, hey, I see Amy in here. Popped into your classroom over at Wildwood. And then, you know, it was fun. And I I had forgotten at that point how much I did enjoy creating, whether it was like a story in my mind, because growing up as a a child, I think that was my escape. It was like my comfort, but it was also like my escape from the world around me to be able to like 
write a story, just go in my room, close the door, write a story, like that comfort that it bought me and the, the way that it helped me to just kind of like everything else disappeared and it was just me in my own little world, which is sometimes good and sometimes bad because sometimes I preferred that world over the real world. So I'm trying to accept <laughs> the fact that you do live here, Danielle. <laughs> um, so, but I, I, I think that bought that back that memory and it helped me to be like, okay, yeah, you know what, even though I've left that, I can always go back to it. I can always tap back into that person that I used to be, even though it may be a little more difficult because, you know, life's demands have changed so for much. sure. But that was a good experience. I really had fun doing it. And so like, that's one of the reasons I was like, I really need to make sure that I bring you here to share your story and changing topics a little bit. What would you say the biggest challenge has been to get to where you are currently in your life? Like all <clears throat> those things you just told me. Oh my me, goodness. Like, I mean, like, I hate that it always comes down to financial, but it really does. There's so many um, things that I feel like I could do, but there's always been that restraint. And particularly now, as a small business owner and artist, there I don't have someone telling me do X, Y, Z. I have to tell myself to do it and yeah. then actually do it. And a lot of the time, I don't even know what it is that I need to do. Like <laughs> when I first started selling my artwork at in-person events, I didn't know how to find them. I didn't know... Um, what it didn't know what was going to be required for me to apply and applications are a huge like demand avoidance trigger for me mm -hmm. um i have a tendency of being over wordy and speaking and writing and run on sentences so i feel like when it comes time to applying to events or for grants or different mm -hmm. opportunities that's the kind of thing that will like basically cause me to melt down mm -hmm. um and and I feel like there are so many super talented people out there that are in that same boat that like yeah. we don't know you don't what know steps what you don't to know. follow yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so there's um, no handbook that's like hey you want to sell your artwork here you go this. And, yeah. and like, there, I'm sure there are books out there, uh -huh. but also, like, I'm not the type of person that's going to sit down and read a book of, like, how to run your business 101, because mm -hmm. that's just not how my brain works. So I would say challenges, definitely that. And then aspects of running an art business that I didn't consider, things like social media or creating a website that is functional mm -hmm. and user-friendly, just all of the organization that goes into linking things from an idea to a product to, you know, getting it out in front of a person, an audience. Mm -hmm. um, those are all big challenges for me. You feel like you've overcome them or are you still in the process of overcoming them? You know, it's interesting because I feel like I'm starting to get a grasp on this. And in the last few months, I've actually had several people, um, several other small businesses in the area reach out to me for advice on various things. Mm -hmm. And so it's cool to be at a point where I wouldn't say mastered, but I've like figured some things out and yeah. where I can now be a resource to other people because I'm all about like info dumping and sharing right. information that I've gathered. And sometimes 
I don't know if I'm being helpful or not. Like, <laughs> I I think we all, like, hate unsolicited advice, right, yet right. love to give it. Yeah. Um, so it's cool to be in a position where it's not unsolicited, where somebody's saying, hey, you know, yeah. what do you do about this? Or, you know, yeah. where do you find markets? Right. Or things you like that. you've been doing this for... This is my um, third year of in-person sales, which it's been good. <laughs> yeah, I've been seeing you everywhere, so. Right? I know. <laughs> Alcon, I get around. Bellevue. No, but it's good. It's um, it's inspiring to see that. Like, And again, I think that you are truly an example for other people who, in their mind, they maybe don't look like the stereotypical artist or the stereotypical person who's like a business owner. Absolutely. So that narrative is says a lot already, you know. What tools would you say you've had to develop to be the business owner, artist, mother, and wife that you are? Um, so I think a big thing for me was learning about masking and how to unmask. I spent so much of my mental energy for 30 plus years trying to do all the things that I thought I was supposed to do and appear like I had my shit together and so much of my life was like check uh, checking off boxes <laughs> on a list um and when I really started to learn more about masking which is very common in neurodivergent people and I think everybody to an extent masks some aspects of who they are um but I had a really unique opportunity when we relocated here I was no longer surrounded by people who knew me as I was masking, you know, because mm-hmm. people don't know that you're, I don't want to say pretending, but that you're trying to be this version of you right. for them because you think that's what they want of you. Mm-hmm. And when we moved to Washington, I kind of just stopped that. Yeah. <laughs> and it was both very difficult and very rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um I get so many less migraines now because I take care of my sensory needs. I say no to things that I would have previously said yes to. And also I say yes to things that I previously would have said no to. So um, learning boundaries with yourself and, you know, how to function in this world and to live a life that brings you joy and happiness and not just feeling like you checked off the boxes for the day. I think what I'm hearing is you had internally developed yourself. So being patient and understanding this is where you are right now. Absolutely. Love yourself where you are right now. Yes. And that it really is a journey and Mm -hmm. that, you know, you can have a bad day or a bad interaction and it's not over. I think we've grown in a similar facet over the last two years because I've kind of been doing it the same yeah. amount of time as you have been. So I can understand that, too. Um, the people that shop your artwork, what is one thing that you want them to know about you as a person? Like something Ooh. they don't already know. Okay. Because I think you you can see your artwork, but maybe you don't know who Amy is as a person necessarily. And you're buying a piece of you because you created every Literally. piece of these. Um, I mean, because, yeah, when you're buying art, you are buying somebody's time. Somebody took often hours of their life to create that piece. Um, And I find so much 
joy and comfort in creating. And it is really cool when somebody walks away and you know that they're going to find that same joy in viewing it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's definitely like always my goal, especially when doing commissioned work is to know that 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 piece of art that they have when they see it, it's going to give them good feelings, right. <laughs> you know, make them happy. Exactly. And what's next for you as a robot mom? Oh, so much. Um, <laughs> uh, this includes events, events. Yeah. This includes like what, like, where do you want to go from here? Like, do you want to continue doing pop-up markets or in the farmer's markets? Yeah. So, um, so this coming summer, I am hoping to do like a um, like a mini art tour, road trip kind of thing where um, I'll be applying to several out of state art fairs, hopefully getting into a few. Um, I have five kids. My oldest is in high school and I know I don't have a lot of summers left with them all at home. And so I think it would be a really cool experience for us as a family to be able to do something that we used to do a lot when we had less kids and our kids were younger. Mm -hmm. Um, We used to always do road trips. And so um, I'm hoping to be able to kind of support (laughs) that happening by way of art fairs. So part of your legacy as Robot Mom, what do you want that to be? I have a lot of, like, a lot of dreams, a lot of, you know, things that I want to accomplish. A big one would be opening up a studio space, uh, preferably here in Renton. I would love to have a small retail space and a classroom where I can teach classes. I can partner with um, nonprofits to be able to provide low cost, um, like sliding scale or free events um, for the community with Mm -hmm. a focus on those underserved, those that are neurodivergent. I just, that is so important to me. I um, would love to see my art in a museum. I would love for people to be able to view my art and not feel like they have to apologize for me for taking up my booth space while they do it. Because I get that so often as people want to like sit and look, but they're not necessarily like shopping for art. So I would love to have some public art where people can actually go out and see it. and not have to worry about taking up somebody's space. I have a couple of exhibits coming up. I am doing the the Newcastle Area Fall Art Exhibit, which runs August 28th till the end of September. Um, and one of my larger art pieces will be in there. There's going to be a opening night reception on Wednesday, September 6th from 6 to 7.30. In November, I am participating in the Burian Art Vision Gala and Art Show, which is on November 18th from 6.30 to 8 p.m. And this is a really cool event because they've commissioned artwork from dozens of artists in the area. And so we're all going to be creating eight eight by eight pieces of art that are going to be auctioned off. And this is an opportunity for you to support the Burian Arts Department, but also to support artists and to get original artwork at like a fraction of what I would typically sell my art for because it's like a set value. Yeah. So um, it's kind of a cool opportunity 
for people to get local art. And if you want to keep up with Amy, you can find her on Instagram and on Facebook at I am Robot Mom. I think yep. there's a period between all of those. So you got I, it. Period am period robot, robot period mom. mom. All right. And on her website, robot-mom.com. You got it. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Amy. And make sure to like our Instagram at wildseedthepod if you haven't already. And once again, thanks for tuning in. D-I-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-